Recording started. U.S. Deputy Marshal Bass Marlowe, 4 March 2022, uh, 09 hours. This is day 12, Amundsen Scott Sabotage Investigation LC 130 Flight ANG 0492 crash. In my office is Chief of Facilities Ezekiel Francis Bustamante. Man, I told you I don't like my middle name, and you know that, lawman. Yes. Yes, you did. Mr. Bustamante, for the record, can you confirm I've explained all your rights? Do you understand this is a voluntary discussion, and you are free to leave at any time? Oh, yeah. You could say I've seen this movie a few times in my day. Never liked the ending. Come on, Zeke. We talked about this. You've got to take it seriously. Oh, Take it seriously. Okay, long man. <clears throat> yes, Deputy Marshal Bass Marlowe, you have read me my rights. I am clear upon this fact. Interview suspended. Recording stopped. Recording started. Interview resuming. Now, Chief Bustamante, when did you first discover the op station radar and communication panels had been tampered with? So there I was, right? keeping the station running like a well-oiled machine. When I saw the most suspicious thing, oh, it was like an evil shadow bass coming out the north and started to act all up. Ooh. Interview suspended. Recording stopped. Recording started. I am being professional. And not only that, it's kind of insulting, lawman, if and I'm being honest. There was 12 different people with me all day loading winter cargo when the plane system's log showed the disconnect. It was like 6.30 a.m. Hell, it's almost the exact same time you came down to tell me goodbye. Shit, Bass, you're the best witness I could have. And the bypass of the bottle system on the Herc. My crew inspected it after she landed the day before. All systems checked out. Cross-checked by the flight deck stand-in and Captain, what's his name, himself. The only time somebody could have gone in the cockpit to bypass his safety is in locking a diagnostic would have been just before the takeoff. Huh. Same as with the ops. I was in VMF with the crew after Kendra sang. We'd all gathered to listen to a country song. That's all I was looking for. Just needed to come directly from you with no prompting from me. And, you know, to actually being serious. Why is that thing flashing? You recording? This is U.S. Deputy Marshal Bass Marlowe, 4 March 2022, 09.45 hours. Chief of Facilities Ezekiel Francis Bustamante, officially cleared as a suspect. Oh, okay. I've been cleared as a suspect. That's good. However, I suspect I'm going to turn this thing off. I'm going to walk over there. I'm going to put my size 14 up your ass, Bass. You call me that name one more Recording stopped. Recording started. This is U.S. Deputy Marshal Bass Marlowe, 4th March, 2022, 11:10 hours. I'm in conference room B224. This is Amundsen Scott, sabotage investigation, LC-130 flight, ANG-0492 crash. Gentlemen, I need you to understand, right out of the chute, this is highly unusual, as interviews are typically conducted one-on-one. -on -one. That said, may I have your names for the official record? Christopher Shannon Todd. Hi, Deputy Marshal. Dude, you have to give him your full name before we chit-chat. Uh, we're not 
chit-chatting, fellas. This is a formal and official documented conversation. But Mr. Todd is right, Mr. Waters. I need you to give your full name. Emery Badass Waters. <sighs> For the record and established in the Rodney Homicide investigation, Mr. Waters' actual legal middle name is in fact <laughs> Badass. You'd think having that as a middle name would have prevented you from being picked on in high school. Not the case at all from our time there. What can I say? I'm more the snuggling panda type than the crouching tiger. That was Hidden Dragon, not snuggling panda, Wu-Tang Clan. Anyway, Deputy Marshal, you get us as a pair, or not at all. Always two there are, one master and one apprentice. Oh, let me guess who the master is in your analogy there, Obi-Nun. Please, ignore the young Padawan, Deputy Marshal. We're a duo team, like Batman and Robin, Felix and Oscar, Bert and Ernie. Oh my God. Can you do or say anything more obvious to make us sound like a progressive suburban couple? Siegfried and Roy? That's even worse. Except now, Carol Baskin's crouching tire mauls me as Roy. Why not Kirk and Spock? Why not? That would have worked perfectly. Han and Chewbacca with your abundance of body hair. Nobody's reading anything into that one. What, even Joey and Chandler. Could you be any more dim-witted? Gentlemen, I am not interested in anybody's personal lives or inclinations. What you do behind closed doors is none of mine or the US government's business. This is an investigation about the station and a plane's sabotage. Frodo and Sam. Okay, okay. Judges are gonna give you that one. Hobbit's Rock. Yes, they do. For shizzle, my shire dizzle. <sighs> Water to sound fine, so I'm sure it's not that. Okay, fellas, I've got a great idea. Let's play I Ask the Questions, You Give Concise, Meaningful Answers. How's that? See? Told him you'd piss him off, badass. Me? It's clear I'm his favorite. You're the one who keeps doing this every Question time. one. According to the system's diagnostic, which was run on the op station panel, the data showed a virus being downloaded at precisely 12.32 p.m. Introduced from a thumb drive into one of the USB slots in the communications tower drive. Also the exact time of the engine explosion on the LC-130. That's not a question, Deputy. It's a statement. It's very declarative. That's because I haven't gotten to the question part yet. I was pausing for effect. Oh, then very good. Oh my gosh, setting the tone and tenor of the conversation. <laughs> Kudos to you, though, sir. Kiss us. Where were you guys at 6.32 that day? The gal. IT office. You two maybe want to take a moment to cool your memories? Uh, don't need to. The 11th of February was a Friday. And what do we do every Friday at breakfast, Chris? Huh. He's actually right, Deputy Marshal, for once. Every Friday at breakfast, we take time to debate the merits of Johnny Quest being the best Hanna-Barbera cartoon of them all. For once? Whatever, you got lost inside of a target once. Those aisles look the same and I got distracted by the Xbox games. For nine hours. There was a lot of games. Not nine hours worth of games, it's a target. So you were in the galley at six and for breakfast. Do you remember seeing anybody and would they remember seeing you two? <laughs> oh 
Oh, yeah, we're the talk of the town. If you ask Lunch Lady Alice or Betty, they were there. Uh, a couple of the new DeWalt's. Uh, Jesus, then, what's that guy's name? The sky oh, the big, tall German guy. Uh, yeah, he never says a word. Lars! Lars. It's Lars. That is it. Thank you, sir. Ooh, he is a big one. Okay. In your expert technological opinions, how hard would it have been to tailor and create the virus that took out the op systems? From what we saw on the hard drive Zeke brought us, the program wasn't all that complex. It targeted and interrupted radar and communications program, but nothing else. We could have whipped something like that up fairly easy. <coughs> we? Yes, M. We. So, so the program could be put on any thumb drive and it would activate, go on its own after being inserted. Correct the Mundo, Deputy. Did either of you see anybody acting um, unusual in an overly anxious state or seem overly rushed that morning? Not that I can remember. Well, except... Except what? When Dr. Jennings needed M here to play pirate radio and break into the PA system... Allegedly allegedly break into the PA system, not that I'm admitting to anything. I'm sorry, but you did break in. It is a violation of FCC rules. Not the subject matter I'm investigating, Mr. Waters. You're all good there. This, this is what I'm always talking about, Chris. When I say fold under questioning, you're the definition. Look it up in Webster's. All right, gentlemen, just like last time, I'd appreciate it if you two didn't discuss the conversation we had with anybody else or what we talked about today. You got it, Deputy. Oh, kiss ass. Johnny Quest is not the best Hanna-Barbera tune while we're at it. What about Space Ghost? Crime fighter. Mysterious. Has power wristbands. Has two teen twin sidekicks and a space monkey. Gee, never heard of that combination. Zan and Jaina from the Super Friends, Gleek the Monkey, indeed. Plagiarism. Super Friends was Hanna-Barbera too. You can't plagiarize yourself, Chris. But <laughs> guess you wouldn't know that, huh? <gasps> oh, I don't know what you mean by that insinuation. But it can also be said that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. But not for Space Ghost. Who's insinuating? Who? I'm flat out saying that you're taking way more credit out of this partnership than is appropriate, unlike Space Ghost, who has do everything that he earned. And how exactly am I taking too much credit for being the primary inspiration for 99% of the systems and solutions that come out of this office? Primary? You still have to read instructions on the side of the Pop-Tart box before you cook them! They're Pop-Tarts, Chris. There hasn't been an upgrade in toaster technology in our entire lives. The instructions have never once changed. This is U.S. Deputy Bass Marlowe happily ending the conversation at 11.20 hours, not sitting through another one of these debates. Both IT workers are cleared as suspects. Recording stopped. U.S. Marshal Bass Marlowe investigation continuance. Initial interviews continue this week. Have completed 70% of the first round interviews of the station staff present during the attempt made upon life or lives of those on flight 0492. No single suspect has floated at the top as of this time. I have multiple individuals who cannot recall or cannot provide verifiable alibis during the window identified when the virus was introduced nor when the plane systems were impacted. 
while the motive is leaning toward murder of one of the passengers, the true reason why it is eluding me. There was nothing to indicate Josh Nichols was working with a partner while on station and in the murder of Dr. Rodney. Nobody attempt to silence him for naming them as an accomplice. Neither did Mr. Nichols infer such at any time. I would be the next logical target of murder attempt, but again, for what purpose? If there was an accomplice, that would be a viable reason. Of course, being familiar with a top secret defense contract project and probing into that project is also not an unreasonable motive. No. Captain Traeger was not a resident of the station and only transport supplies and passengers to and from the base. There'd be no reason for him to be the target. Mr. Ferguson and Dr. Timms, I'm set to talk to them late next week. Determine if there might be any reason for somebody to attempt to crash a plane they were on, but I'm doubtful of such. Something more is at play here, Diane. I, I know that is normally the case at this station, but I don't feel that neither Josh Nichols nor myself were the true intended target. Uh, more to come on this. Oh, I've started to put together a supply list of items and personal effects that I'll need now that I'm living down here. Once the winter season ends, I plan on flying out to Honolulu for a few weeks, collect some of my personal effects, pay, uh, <clears throat> pay my respects uh, to Chuck and Janet. And I'd also like to catch up with you as well, Diane. This, uh, this whole assignment, the past eight months, is something I never suspect would ever have happened. I'm getting up there in years, and I thought I'd been through all the surprises that life could throw at me. Yet, here I am, at the South Pole, the only formal deputy marshal ever officially assigned, and back, well, hell I'll say it because I don't believe in jinxes, back in love again. Oh, I didn't mention, how could I have forgotten? Um, so, in addition to having a demon, a time door portal, a receiver that picks up future prediction messages from a distant galaxy, an individual from an alternate reality, a super secret lab facility that gobbles up power, and a station of uh, unique individuals, we have yetis. Well, I mean, not a yeti exactly. Um, it's probably easier just to have you listen again to the recording. It's from um, uh, from 20 February at right around 22:30 hours. The locals, um, the locals call them bumbles, and I'm still not sure why. Have a listen and tell me if you don't think this is one of the more absurd sounding things you've heard. File playback. Date. 02. 2022. 2222 hours. Alright, I'm here. Uh, what's going on? Ah, Deputy Marshal Marlowe. So happy to see you up and mobile once again. And as per usual, you are coming in late to events already in progress. Good evening to you, Dr. Wainwright. Please take this as me inserting my typical witty retort to your 
thinly veiled insult, and let's accelerate to the part where you tell me what has people on edge. Sarcasm. The normal response from the intellectually challenged. Right, okay. Mr. Kelly, sit rep, please. Bumbles, Deputy Marshal. The Bumbles are back earlier than we predicted. What, pray tell, is a Bumble? They're, uh... Well, only three people have ever really seen one, unless you count that super grainy digital photo someone took two years ago. It's too dark, really, to see anything. The creatures Mr. Kelly is having problems classifying are said to be large. Two and a half meters tall, that's eight feet, Deputy Marshal. Very muscular, extremely hairy, and resemble artistic representations of what we know as Homo Neanderthalitis. Neanderthals. They went extinct almost 50,000 years ago. Well, now, it appears our deputy marshal might have been required to take a junior college course on anthropology. Very good, deputy. They seem to have a strong aversion to light, hence why we only ever encounter them in the winter season. They ransack the Janesway huts, the exterior cargo huts, and anything stored on the ice berms. They're scavengers, mostly. We can scare them off with high-powered spotlights that we have at our disposal. They tend to make a mess of things. They swipe random bits and haul them off to wherever they come from. Other than the mess they leave when you usually only ever find footprints and, well, uh, pee. I'm sorry, what? They urinate on our buildings to mark what they think of as their territory, Deputy Marshal. Not unlike the domesticated male feline. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying these things are Bigfoots? Oh, it... (laughs) It took several weeks to come up with a name that everybody could agree with. Uh, For a while, we were using Wampus. (laughs) Copyright. (laughs) Exactly. Why tempt the mouse, am I right? Uh, Best to avoid legal entanglement. We tried Sasquatches, Yeti, Zeke really wanted Icefoot. <laughs> uh, there were ice bears? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, in the end, Bumbles won out. Okay. Sure. Why not? Giant snowman creatures that roam the tundra and only appear when there's no light, urinate on external buildings, and take things. That's the Bumbles. That's more or less it. You're all cut up. We were hoping you could help go out and make sure they're all scared off. You have that police high-powered pocket flashlight, the one with the strobe. It's more powerful than most of the battery-powered spotlights we have. Plus, you have the station's only firearm, which we will need to address at some point soon. How you smuggled it onto the station without formal authorization. Yeah, I'll be sure to pencil that onto my day planner, Wainwright. Of course I'll help out, Mr. Kelly. Where are the people to drive them off gathering? Down in the VMF bay. Zeke will lead a team of ten or so people to sweep the grounds. Assuming we find them all and run them off, they should stay away for a few weeks at least. I'll call ahead and let Zeke know you're on your way. What you mean you need to interview me again? Just that. With the new investigation, everybody is back to being a suspect. I need to establish timelines where people were when the op station and plane were tampered with. Oh, not this shit again. Zeke, it's the same as it was the first time. I'll just ask you questions, where you were, what you remember seeing. Look, I know there's no way it's you, but I still have to go through the process. It's my job. 
It will help it all go faster if you take it seriously, though. Serious? Oh, okay, yeah. You know, how come anytime there is something on, I'm the first? Hey, Keenan, you're getting too close, boy. Fan out more. Jesus, how many times I have to? What's up, Chief? You need me? What? No. Just stick with Annie, Jesus. She'll show you how this works. You know it's a common Latin male name, right? Oh, I know. Just every time I'm talking about the big man, he pops up. Like he's always there. Always listening. We talking about the guy over there or the fairy tale? Hey, we talked about this, Bass. I get you don't believe no more, and I respect that. Because I respect you. But you have to understand that maybe I still have the faith. Not asking you that you agree. But I don't need you disrespecting that. Disrespecting what I believe. Disrespecting me. Zeke, you're right. You're right, and I apologize. I take it all back. All right, then. I'm sure they both forgive you. <laughs> so what does Jesus, uh, the guy over there, do as a DeWalt? Runs the winner of carpenter shop. He's a carpenter. Seriously? Just like the other guy? Hand to his dad what he was hired to do. You hear that? Yeah, I did. Zeke, I ain't gonna be the first one to get it. Not this cat. I'll stay behind you. I know the drill. Stay tight behind me. On three. One, two, three. Okay, all clear. Think it was just the wind that knocked over one of the tool chests. Uh, law man, we don't stole no tool chests outside the Jamesway huts. There, lights. was a, uh, yeah, we couldn't really settle on a name either. People want to be calling them Bumbles. I think that's lame, though. Too kiddy cartoony. Me? I like Icefoot. Oh, God, what the hell is that stench? Whoa, whoa, don't get too close, lawman. That there is Icefoot piss. Get it on you and it takes weeks to wash off. Worse than skunk spray. Whew! Mikhail has a special formula whipped up that de-stankifies it, but it takes like three or four days of washing with it. But they, they exist? What, ice feet? This is the weirdest thing you've seen down here? Seriously? the racket and the lights, they won't be sticking around. Go ahead and round up the gang. Let's hang it up for the night. Bumbles. Bumbles exist? Ice feet, man. I told you already. Tell you what, after you come to grips with this, I'll fill you in on the ice wolfman outside of Palm Station.
Recording started. I'm about to clock out for the evening, Deputy Marshal. Are you sure I can't whip you up a sandwich or a midnight snack? No, thank you, Mr. Etcher. I'm all set with my coffee and a slice of apple pie. Mmm, that is a damn fine cup of coffee if I do say so. <laughs> oh, you remind me of a character I remember seeing on TV when I was little. My dad was fascinated with the show. I th think... Oh, I think the main character was an FBI agent now, if I recall correctly. Quirky little town called Two Peaks. He also said, damn fine cup of coffee. Huh. Yeah, television likes to use us in the Justice Department as main protagonists. Mr. Archer, do you mind if... Well, let me describe something to you that I recorded on my body cam a few months back. And you tell me if this sounds familiar. I was walking in the arches in one of the elevated storage bays. Anyway, when I was walking through, I didn't see or hear anything. But um, when I played back the camera's footage, there was, well, I think it was your blue and purple swirling mist that you described after the power flickers. Well, mine looked like, um, Oh, you know that chemical they put in lava lamps? You heat it up and it moves very fluidly? Yes. It was like that, but wispy and smoky. Translucent near the edges, but solid towards the center. Oh, with, with, with purple sparkles that, that would twinkle and then disappear as they detach from the main body? Uh -huh. Oh, that's it, exactly. You have it on camera? Can I see it? A absolutely. I'll bring it with me when I come in for breakfast tomorrow morning. Are you still seeing it after the recent flickers? Oh, every time. Oh, oh, Deputy Marshal, you have no idea how happy this makes me. I mean, I thought I was... I, well, when you talk about being from an alternate reality and seeing things... Woo! <laughs> Dr. Brummer will be so happy to know about this. The psychiatrist? You have sessions with him? Well, we all do. It's a requirement for anyone who winter overs. You have to see him once every two weeks just to make sure you don't uh, have problems adapting or maintaining. I'm surprised you haven't been called down. I don't, um, yeah, I don't do head medicine, feeling <laughs> stuff. I, wow, okay, it, it's the 21st century, Deputy Marshal. There's no stigma around seeing a psychiatrist anymore. I mean, even the mafia embraced it in the contraltos. Here was called the Sopranos. Oh, hmm. Tony Soprano. <laughs> Actually, that does sound cooler. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think I'm going to turn in for the evening. I am looking forward to seeing that recording. I'll leave some chocolate chip cookies out for you under the glass if you want some. Just come around the counter. Miss <laughs> Alice doesn't, doesn't mind. She likes you. Good night, Mr. Retcha. I'll see you in the morning. Ah, Tovarish. Burning the oil of midnight at both ends, I see. Midnight came and left an hour ago, Mikkel. I couldn't sleep, so I thought I'd come up to the galley for some coffee and a piece of apple pie. Catch up on some paperwork. Ah, how is living on station over winter standing with you? Honestly? I can't get used to it. It's, uh, so silent. 
I mean, you have the wind constantly outside, but there aren't as many people. Not enough noise in the back of ground. Uh, you are not first person on station to have problem with these things. It takes time to adapt to new situations, Dovrish. Ah, just like boys from Harlem. Uh, the uh, tall one and little one. They move to big penthouse on New York's Parkin Avenue, move in with the skinny rich man, girl who becomes a robber, and Charlotte Ray. Oh, I had biggest crush on Charlotte Ray when I was little janitor. Different strokes. You mean that show? Da, this is same situation for you at station this season. This is what I th- Okay. I asked the question, only right. How is this like that, Mikel? Glad you asked. So, in show, children's mom passes, so sad. She used to be housekeeper for rich bourgeoisie white man. She make him promise on deathbed to raise boys correctly. It is a big life change for all. Boys living in poverty, now suddenly in deluxe apartment in sky. I think that was the Jeffersons, not different strokes. Uh, Mikkel does, uh, how you say, uh, mashups analogies. Anyway, rich white man who only has daughter now must raise two boys for first time in life. There is also difference in race. Everybody must find a way to adapt to new situations and make the best of it. It may take time, but everybody does get used to this new life. Except Charlotte Ray, she gets spin-off show of Facts of Life. I hear you, Mikkel. Just be patient and I'll adapt to the winter life at the station. Yet, what you talking about, Tovarish? That, that not it at all. No situation introduced here is you. It is we that need to adapt to you being here. There is one of you not at ease. There are... Uh, 20, 25 of us used to your own life that is different with you here now. Huh. I'm not the only person having difficulties adapting. Now you has it. Okay, it is now half one in the morning. This concludes our janitoring broadcast day. I now will be coming pumpkin and go sleep. You should do the same, Tobarish. Not far behind you, Mikael. Good night. Oh, hey, Mikael, stop. I was uh, not 100% clear-headed that night I returned to the station. There's something Zeke and Kendra said, that as the Norwegians were dropping us off and refueling, you were standing on the observation deck. You had your hands to the sky just as the winds were being held back from the station allowing the copter to refuel safely and all of us to be evacuated. Mech, no. Excitement outside. Mikkel wishes to see for himself. I, uh, I stretch arms to make muscles keep warm in cold outside. It, it is not magic. I have learned much art in my time, but control of weather, not yet. <laughs> Do not know what that was, Tovarish. The uh, winds held back exact time needed. Maybe somebody just needed to remind ice. Importance of big pictures. You know more than you're letting on, Mikael. 
Ist Chateau Valdo. There is just something about the ice. This is Brian Bradley. Thank you for listening to our show. We are commercial free and able to do so thanks to our amazing sponsors. You can help support 90 Degrees by visiting our Patreon page. Go to 90DegreesPodcast.com. That's the number 90 and Degrees Podcast, all one word, dot com. You'll find a direct link to our Patreon page where you can make a monthly pledge and get shirts, buttons, stickers, or even a shout out as an honorary station pulley. Speaking of, we'd like to send a special shout out to the following pulleys. Nick Wolf, Ernest A. Polron, and Padma Numi. Thank you for your sponsorship. It helps and supports us in so many ways. This has been 90 Degrees South. On behalf of the cast and crew, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you liked the episode and are enjoying the series, please remember to give us a like, a share, a tweet, send a raven, or review on iTunes, Audioboom, or your favorite podcast site. It helps us to get the word out and keeps the cold at bay. Until next time. This has been a BMB production.